Hello, this is former Fox Sports Wisconsin anchor and proud fellow Wauwatosan Jeff Grayson. From my position high in the booth, it appears conditions are good for this much-anticipated matchup. Let's go down to the studio. The action is about to start. It's season four of the Bait and Switch podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch podcast. My name is Chris Beyer, as always, with my co-host, Jim Martin. Jim. Hey, Chris. We're getting together here just after Thanksgiving. Now, this episode is not going to go out until probably March or so. We're kind of getting ahead of our recording schedule, which is always good. It's better to be ahead than behind. You know us. I was you know, proactive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're right after Thanksgiving. It was... Certainly a Thanksgiving unlike any other. Uh, your, your gathering was small, I'm assuming? It was, yep, yep. We actually did Thanksgiving on Wednesday, and then we took, uh, we made a bunch of, like, to-go packages, and we took it to uh, our parents. You rang the bell and then ran? Right, right. We just dropped it. Started on fire. Is that oh. how you do it, right? You start the bag on fire and then run, right? Yeah. I think uh, you should have let him eat it, but... Yeah, I kept it kind of small myself. It was just me and the kids and then uh, my girlfriend... Ingrid. And then, of course, my niece was in town from El Paso. So I invited her. Mm -hmm. You know, and again, we wanted to keep it small, but my great aunt's in the nursing home. I didn't want her alone. No, no. We brought her in. Good. And she's like 90 something. And and she brought a friend of hers, some other old guy. Sure, sure. Well, you got to go out and get some air, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he brought his kids and grandkids. Okay, good. And so we just kind of kept it small. And of course, I wanted to thank uh, the first responders. Right. Well, it, so my neighbor is a respiratory therapist at the hospital, okay. and I invited her. Sure. She, just, and, she got done with her shift and came right over. We can't be too safe in that situa- situation. No, no. And she brought her, her boyfriend, which is a, a traveling physician from Romania. It was just kind of an intimate thing, sure. like 20, 25, 28 people. Yeah, yeah. And, well, you um, want to, yeah, you want to keep it small. You, you don't know, want to get crazy. Uh, well, with this of course, thing. the heat got turned off for some reason. He wasn't working for some reason. Oh, okay. And so uh, we all had to huddle into one room with the fireplace. Well, sure. Yeah, you don't want to get yeah. cold. My aunt, you know, she's using oxygen, so we had to keep that away from the fire. Uh, yeah. Other than that, like I said, we followed the guidelines. I think it turned out pretty good. Okay, good. Well, we'll see you in two weeks. We'll yeah, see. yeah. <laughs> but, we'll uh, but I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Sounds we'll good. See what you... happens. But now tonight, our guest here, well, she's an author slash actress by the name of Miranda Clark. And Miranda Clark, yep. We got Miranda through somebody that's been getting us a lot of guests, Michelle Tonkovitz. Right, and right. She operates a marketing concern, marketing thing called Green Onion Creative. Yep. She was on her show as, as well, uh, and then she's referred other guests. In fact, uh, our very last one mm-hmm. is an episode that you guys just listened to a couple of weeks ago, which is Jen Wirtz, right. the author. And so uh, we've got yet another guest here from Michelle. This one is kind of interesting. Like I said, we've had authors on before, and this woman is an author, but she's also been an actress. And I, I talked to you about this, and we brought up her IMDb page here. Mm-hmm. And she's been in a real impressive list of shows, uh, of movies here. Right. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big, I'm not a big movie buff. And so maybe she just got one of those faces you recognize. Sure. Like you said, from the list of movies here, we I'm sure we'll recognize her. I mean, it's probably one of those. 
people that you can't think of their names, but you always you see them in every every movie. They play that kind of a secondary character, and like, oh, that guy, I really like that guy. I don't remember his name. Oh, that woman, she's really good. I don't remember. I'm sure it's one of those. So. Right, and and she's since retired from uh, Hollywood, and now she's writing kind of lifestyle books. She's doing one okay. kind of like life hacks, right? Mm-hmm. And then she's also into dietary things. Uh, again, I think trying to you know, get your kids to eat healthy, kind of sneaky ways to get them to eat healthy. Yep. Right? Yep. Every parent can use that. You know, you throw yeah, the spinach and, in the smoothie or whatever, you know. Right. You know, so so. so uh, the first half, we're going to talk about this movie career because I got to get into it with her with all these. She's been in nearly every big blockbuster the last 20 years here, it seems. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I wonder who she knows. I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out about all this. Yeah. I mean, I have now with the stars. And then the second yeah. half, we'll go through her books, you know, to kind of promote that's the real reason she's on here, but we got to hear about her, uh, her career here in Hollywood because it sounds interesting. So yeah. with that, I see that she's just come online here oh, yeah. uh, from California. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to re- welcome Miranda Clark. Welcome, Miranda. Hi, Miranda. Hey, guys. It's so great to finally be able to put um, your faces to the voices I've been hearing on the bait and switch, like... I love your podcast, loyal listener. Um, so thanks so much for having me on here. This is gonna be really cool. Okay, all right. So you can what? spread us around Hollywood a little bit. That'd be oh, cool. I'm spreading you guys all over. Excellent. Just green in everybody's ear. Good, well, good. That's, that's cool. You know, I think I do kind of. You know, look familiar. Recognize her from some yeah. of these roles. I'm not sure. Sure, sure. looks she looks familiar. Yeah, brought up the IMDb page, and I really haven't looked into it too much other than just the names of the movies. And so, Michelle, uh, you know, I know you want to talk about the book, and that's really why you're here. I mean, I'm sorry, I get you confused with the person I referred to, Michelle Tonkovitz. Michelle is really great, isn't she? Oh, my God, I love her. We're like soul sisters. Well, I tell you, we love her here, too, because she gets us a lot of guests, including you, Miranda. So let's just start. Let's go through some of these movies. This is crazy. I mean, the titles of these movies will blow our audience away. So let's just start out. It looks like you were a little bit of a child actor with the Batman movies, apparently the DC comic movies, you were in Batman. Apparently you were just like an extra. You're a child in the crowd and the Batman returns. You returned as well. You were a tween in the crowd. It says in the credits mm-hmm. and the Batman forever. You were a teen by that point. So it's a teen in the crowd. So uh, they must've liked your work. Are you really progressing there? Oh my gosh. The Batman franchise was so great to be a part of. I like to think that I grew up with it. When you think about superhero movies, like kids are so important to superhero movies. So I'm glad that I was able to grow with them. Uh, how long was your screen time in these movies? Were you, uh, was it, uh, were you on the screen for quite a bit or no? Um, long enough for people to recognize my face. I mean, you've seen me, obviously yeah. you've seen the movies. You, you know, have seen me grow throughout the years. So, you know, just a cameo appearance here and there. No big deal. Well, you got to start somewhere. I mean, that's the thing, Chris, right? Yeah, yeah. A little extra in the crowd here and there. It's, that's cool. So then the next movie, those first three were in kind of the early 90s. Then we move on to Independence Day. I don't know if it's a yeah. step up or if it's kind of a lateral move. Right, right. The, yeah. It says she's, she's an onlooker that was uh, zapped by a laser is what it says here. I, don't, I mean, there was a while ago, the movie, I don't remember how, but it seems like a lot of people are zapped by lasers, but... But I think it's better than, better than like you said, it's, I think it's a step up from child and crowd. I mean, a small step up, maybe. You get hit by something. I mean, that's good, right? Something. What was the audition like? Right, right. 
Well, it all started when I had to go into the room um, to meet Will Smith. So like my heart was already fluttering. And so then I just took that energy that was just building up inside me. And I was like, ah, zap. And then that was it. I had them at zap. So just for like these side parts, they brought Will Smith in just for your audition? I mean, he did see my work in the Batman movies. So oh, okay. he wanted to meet me. Sure. Okay. Oh, he wanted to meet you. I mean, he's a fan of Batman. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. We don't know what goes on in Hollywood, Chris. You know, I mean, they, they all have yeah. now with each other, I guess. I don't know. A lot of networking going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently uh, the director, James Cameron, liked your work because your next film, you were in the mega hit, maybe one of the biggest movies of all time, Titanic. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Titanic. It says here that you are a woman hit by a falling lifeboat. Did you actually take one on the noggin or is it CGI or how did that work? Did you have, did you have a stunt double? I'm going to give you a little insider secret. I'm actually quite clumsy and I was walking across the set and it just so happened that the camera was rolling and I fell, knocked my head on the lifeboat. They were like, oh my God, this is perfect. Works out great. I'm a natural. They use that footage in the film. Yeah. Okay. Little okay. happy accidents that happens. Right, right. It, it's all about improv. I, I was just going to say, you know, sometimes you hear about these actors and the improv things, and it's just off the cuff, and they leave it in, and that just happens to be one of these things. I heard Ch- uh, Chevy Chase in, in Christmas Vacation. I just heard this the other day when he punches the reindeer. He actually broke his little finger punching the reindeer, and he kept on going. So, I mean, it's a lot like this, actually. Yeah. Although in this case, it really wasn't improv. You accidentally hit your head. I mean, this, this wasn't quite you used in your noggin. I mean, you, you got hit on the noggin, essentially. Right. Uh, tomato, tomato. Yeah, yeah. but again, yeah. you're getting hit by something. You know, the laser yeah. in the lifeboat now, getting hit by yeah. something. Second movie, getting hit by something. It's, I, like I said, I, I would call that a step up. But Okay. Uh, what's the next one there, Jim? Um, uh, 1998 was Saving Private Ryan. So that's uh, another blockbuster hit. And uh, it says you were a villager struck by a Sherman tank. So another getting hit by something else. You really must uh, see something in you for getting hit by things, it looks like. What was it like getting hit by a Sherman tank? Maybe they're not using real tanks, but it had to be something. I mean, it's pretty big. What, what was that kind of experience? Oh, like? no, they were totally made out of styrofoam. It's like jumping in okay. the ball. Yeah, okay. So you had to do a lot of acting there because you're not actually getting hit by a real thing. I mean... That no. really takes a lot of probably takes a lot of acting skill. Yeah, I mean to like have that look of pain and horror on your face to have it be like so realistic. You don't know how many hours I spent looking in the mirror just making faces. Sure. Now, were you run over by the tank, or just get bumped into, or I mean, I don't know that particular scene, but oh, it just went over me flat like a pancake. Okay. But again, that's why they're made out of styrofoam, so. Sure. You know, it doesn't really hurt when it's going by. Right, right. Hmm. You're getting quite a reputation, I guess, by this point for all these roles that you're piling up here. You know, blockbuster after blockbuster. Yeah. I'm looking here, uh, 1999, Star Wars, The Phantom Menace, and year 2000, you were in one of the Harry Potter movies. In Star Wars, you were passerby. Passerby. Yeah, and then in Harry Potter, you're a bystander. How is that different? What's When you're preparing for these roles, you're a passerby or bystander, what do you do to prepare? Well, so when I'm a passerby, that means that like 
Darth Maul was passing by me. So I needed to be very still and in place. So I looked great as he was flying by. But the difference is when I'm a bystander, that means that Daniel Radcliffe was standing by me. And so I also needed to look very good as I just very pristinely stood right there by him. It's very subtle, but you're the actress. So, right. But I'm a little concerned because you went from um, you're getting hit by things, which is kind of something. And then now you're just kind of passerby, bystanders kind of, it's very more, it's a lot more passive. Do you feel like, were you concerned that maybe you're taking a little step backwards or were you okay with that? Oh, no. I told them I wanted to take a step back. Okay. For me, I, you know, I just felt like I was in a different place at that time. And so I just didn't need to be as in the limelight as I was before. So it was up to me to decide to take that step back. Sure, sure. It's just a lot of heavy duty work, I would think, getting hit by stuff. Yeah. This next one is, now this one, I'm, I'm looking at the role here. Yeah. I got to admit, this one is the one here so far that's got me the most perplexed. Because I did see this movie. Some of these other ones on the list that we talked about to this point, I haven't seen. Right. Um, and this one, I could have swore if if you were in it, I would have seen you. It said Castaway. That's the Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. And it said you were the other person on the island. Um, I don't remember <laughs> just, another wait, person. <laughs> I thought the, the point of the movie is he's the only one on the island. So I'm, I'm a little confused by that myself. Yeah. So, so explain that. I were you in the background? Or you're up on the up on the hill somewhere. I didn't see you. Well, the first iteration of the script was totally different than what we actually filmed. Very few people know this, but I was actually casted to be Tom Hanks' supporting actress, that other person on the island. But as Tommy and I were in the rooms, you know, doing a few read-throughs of the script. They just felt like my personality was so overpowering that they were afraid I was going to take too much attention away from him. So they decided to redo a rewrite and replace me with that volleyball. Oh, so you oh. were replaced by Wilson. Is that his name? The volleyball Wilson? You were replaced by volleyball. him. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did you not see the movie? Yeah. Is this something that you're uh, a little bitter about? Uh, I mean, like, I don't have it on demand. Seems a little touchy. This, this yeah, one. That's, uh, maybe we should, yeah, maybe we should move on. Because this, well, this could have been your big breakthrough role. Because again, right. you'd be on the screen, you know, with Tom, and nobody else. And so this probably was a pivot point in your career. Now, I, I don't want to make things a little bit more sore than they have to, but I looked into some of the press involving this here. It didn't say that your interview, your auditions, that you're overpowering. They said you're overbearing. Oh, it's a just a little different word, but it's it's got a different meaning. I mean, whatever. I'm sure that the writer just was looking at the thesaurus and just picked a word over something over dramatic. Was he standing there with a thesaurus in his hand at the audition? Like it could have been, or the script, or I don't know, yellow pages, whatever, whatever. It's something. I mean, they, they're usually holding something, a clipboard or something. So maybe it was just the thesaurus this time. Yeah. And just decided, let me pick an overword, over something, overzealous, overbearing, yeah. overpowering, over dramatic, right? But yeah. overbearing is what he chose, right? Overbearing. Yeah. Well, let's move on from this because uh, okay, yeah, I know that yeah. it must have been a disappointment. 
Right. Uh, yeah. Then you got into a new phase in your career, and it seems that you kind of got dialed in, maybe typecast here by these next set of roles. Uh, the movie Almost Famous, uh, you played a waitress. And in the movie Bring It On, you played a waitress. And in Ocean's Eleven, uh, again, you played a waitress. Your agent not able to find other roles? Uh, were you just that good at it? Did you have prior experience? Well, oh my God, no. I was never a waitress, like, in real life. Well, in Hollywood, a lot of actors... I'm sorry, you know, you seem to be getting a little testy here. I apologize. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of actresses and actors, they wait tables, right? Got to make a living while the, you know, the big movies are, are coming at you. I mean, you're, while you're not working. Oh, I, I totally get that. I mean, like, so many of my friends are, are waitresses. I mean, the food production workers, like, they've been essential workers for, like, a long time. So I think it's a great honor to play a waitress. But um, my grandpa left me a little bit of money, so I never had to go and do that um, when he passed away. But, like, I have total respect for waitresses. And that's why I was, like, I'm going into these parts, like, 100% representing this community. Okay. The waitress community. Did you do any investigation? I mean, you said you never did it before, but did you talk to your friends who had been done it, who had done it before, and maybe uh, get some tips from them? How should I carry my tray? How should I walk? How should I? Did like you going to ride along? along going right. to ride yeah, along. ride along. Right, that's yeah. a good idea. Did you go to a like a Denny's and follow away this round? You know, the right. nail this roll. So I eat out a lot. So I did a lot of field research um, and, you know, paid attention to what the waiters and waitresses were doing. I mean, the servers, like I took and channeled every good server experience that I had and really poured my heart and soul into those roles. And then I also make sure that I tip really big when I do eat out. Okay. 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 Did you have any lines in these movies or just walking around in a restaurant? I mean, you can't order food without talking. I mean, hello. Yeah, but maybe we, we, order her coffee without me saying, what can I get you today? Sometimes they're in the background. You know, there's, there's, the main characters are sitting at a table having a discussion. There's a lot of a commotion going on behind them or around them. Just curious if you actually had a line. Um, I might not have talked to the lead roles, but I definitely had to like, converse with the other patrons in the establishments because how else are you going to create that real life feel about being in my diner they gotcha. had actual food right i mean like george clooney ocean's 11 what did he eat? what did you bring him um i totally did not bring george clooney any food uh when we were on set but like his nespresso machine oh my gosh i was totally making him up coffees all the time um, uh, had George Clooney seen your work before, you know, as the passerby and the villager getting hit by the tank? Um, I don't know if Clooney did, but Bernie Mac, he loved it. He loved the Batman movies and all that good stuff. Oh, all your work. Batman. Yes, yeah. yes. Bernie Mac knew it all. <laughs> nice. He, he, yeah. he handed your filmography down. Right, yes. right, right. Passerby, getting hit yeah. by things. This next one is, uh, again, I saw this movie. It was a long time ago. 2001, Lord of the Rings, The Twin Towers. It says you played a waitress in that movie. Yeah, and that's a little confusing to me. I, I only saw the movie once because those are long movies. But I don't remember any scene where there might have been waitresses. I mean, I don't know, Chris, do you remember anything like that? Was it a scene that made the movie? Or I forget. So maybe it wasn't a waitress in the movie, but actually working the craft services table for that movie. 
You get credited in the movie for that type of work? I mean, I was dating the guy who was making the credit reel, so I could have potentially got myself inserted into that role. Okay. Yeah. Is that ethical? Pardon me? You got to get ahead, Chris. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Right? Am I wrong? Or maybe, you know, what am I talking about? I don't know how Hollywood works. Anyway, you got credited. The next role again, here it is, 28 Days Later. That was some type of apocalypse zombie movie. You played a zombie waitress in that. So apparently they've seen your earlier work, figured you'd be in that role. Yes. uh, 28 Days Later was like one of the breakthrough zombie movies. I mean, look at what everything that came by after that. You know, we had that whole Walking Dead. I felt that my role as that zombie waitress was just like really important in paving the way for this genre of sci-fi. Would you call it pivotal? Pivotal role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's totally I, what I call it. I think I remember you in that role. I was buying that A, you were a waitress, and B, you were a zombie. You did that dual personality thing really well. Well, I have heard that sometimes I can have that split personality type of feel. So um, thank you very much. I appreciate those accolades. So, uh, Chris, I haven't seen that movie. Was she serving zombies or was she zombie serving people? She was serving zombies. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. Otherwise, she'd be eating her customers probably. Yeah, I was yeah. serving the zombies, yeah. the people. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, they, well, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes now sense. It, now it's all falling into place. Yeah. Now, lastly, this now this one has got me perplexed because, again, here you've, you've got all these roles where you're building you know, a portfolio as this waitress over the course of five, six years. The movie comes out, it was Waitress. Waitress, the movie, it was like a musical. And in that movie, they hired you to play a patron and not a waitress. How come your experience didn't land you the bigger role? Well, they saw my work as the passerby and the bystander. And so at that time, I was also suffering like a little bit of laryngitis. So my singing wasn't really up to par. So we decided that I would be a much better fit for the patron part instead of waitress. Sure. That makes sense. And, and I mean, being a waitress, you've seen plenty of people be patrons. I'm sure it was something that you could just pick right up. Absolutely. Some of the smaller roles are the tougher roles, right? Really. You have to be so believable. You know, if you're starring in something, there's so many lines that you have to remember. Nobody's remembering every single word that came out of your mouth. But if you are sipping that cup of coffee so intently, that's what gets you remembered. Imagine if you spilled by accident. Oh, oh, oh. And you're going to take away from the whole scene. I mean, you can't do something like that. You got to be professional. Absolutely. I mean, stone cold, dead on. That's why you keep getting hired for all these incredible roles. The last couple of ones here, apparently before you started your, your author career here, uh, another couple big, big movies, 2012, The Avengers Infinity War, and then the follow-up to uh, the Jurassic Park series, 2015's The Jurassic World. Now, the question I have for you is that in The Avengers Infinity War, you were, you're credited as Screaming Woman number two, and then Jurassic World is Screaming Woman number 15. Mm. Um, a little bit of a step back in your career? I mean, you, you, were, you were the second Screaming Woman, now you're the 15th. What happened there? Well, 
you recall when I was doing Independence Day, I told you about how I went in the audition room and I gave that yell to Will Smith, right? And that that was the pinnacle of my screaming career. I was doing so much voice work. I was crystal clear and strong, very distinct attention-grabbing yell. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, as I've aged and I might have been a smoker back in the day, uh, my voice got a little bit different. So I had to take a few step backs in my roles as Screaming Woman. Hmm. So Screaming Woman number two, and, and it was three years later too. I mean, it's a long time, you know, you, you're, you're, out of, you're out of work for three years with the screaming business. And I can imagine where, you know, your skills just start to deteriorate after a little while. I mean, it's, I think of it in terms of like sports. I mean, you know, you can't be out of the sport for three years to come back and be, be what you were, you know, especially you know, something like that. Oh, yeah, that little dangly thing in the back of my throat. It was so out of shape. What is it called? A uvula? Yep, uvula. That's what it is, yep. Mm-hmm. The did, dangly did, thing. did you have scarring on that from all the screaming? Oh, yeah. Like, they had to take a scope in there and take a look at it. Um, I, they really told me to rest my voice, and that's kind of where I have some gaps in my career. So then I decided, um, you know what? I just really needed to protect my vocal cords for situations like this. And so that's when I got into writing books instead. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Well, well, that sounds good. Well, that's a good uh, tie-in to our, the next half of this interview. Yeah. Uh, we're wrapped up this really stellar career, really, as far as the types of movies you're in. It, it looked like you kind of stayed on the same path laterally and and you made a living in Hollywood. Not many people can, can do that. You were a successful actress, at least in one sense. Absolutely. I mean, I was in all those movies. 30 years, and you parlayed yeah. it now into this, into this author career. So with that, I want to put a little pause to this uh, recording here because we're going to take a little break, and we're going to come back and continue with Miranda, uh, Miranda Clark here who is an author, and we're going to talk about some of her books in the second half. Miranda, thanks for coming in this first half, and we'll hey, see you in just a bit. Hey, Chris, before we go to the second half, can I just, you, you mentioned 30 years, I just thought of something. Sure. Is there any talk about, like, a lifetime achievement kind of thing for you? Or, I mean, have you heard? I, I can see them putting you in for that. Yeah, I mean, I should talk to the people at the SAGs and see what they can do. Like, I like where you're going with this. Yeah, I was just curious if maybe there's any, any chatter about that. I mean, 30 years. Yeah, is quite a... yeah the, the extras are kind of like the offensive linemen. You know, they're yeah. doing all the dirty work. They need to be recognized, too. And with your recognizable face, uh, I think that there might be a little bit of uh, talk about this, potentially. I, I can see it. All right, well, thanks again, Miranda. Hey, we'll take a little bit of a break, and we'll be back for part two here in just a second. Sounds good. Thanks, Miranda. All right. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch podcast for the conclusion of our interview with author Miranda Clark when she talks about dealing with the dreaded C-word, diagnosis. Did you know that potatoes are very high in potassium, which like helps combat things like charley horses? So if the kids are out in the backyard running around all day, like, yeah. you don't want them to get a charley horse. Or Chris, I know that you're a biker. Like We can avoid charley horses. That way, by having a little bit of potassium from our instant mashed potatoes slash cake. Charlie horses are a daily struggle in our family. People are yeah. just going down left and right. You know, people are walking from the kitchen to the living room. Boom! Oh! You've made it to the end of yet another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.